From the newsroom of the Bryant College Station Eagle, this is the Brazos Sports Press Cast. And now, the Eagle High School Sports Team, Alex Miller and Jake Weiss. What's going on, everyone? You're listening to the Brazos Sports Preps Cast, a podcast about high school football here in the Brazos Valley. I'm Alex Miller from the Eagle, joined always by Jake Weiss, the Eagles High School Sports Reporter. Jake, how's it going today? Hey, I'm doing good, Alex. Uh, I gotta say, before we get into it, I'm really glad that my game, against the game I went to, was the only one that didn't get delayed. So uh, I'm pretty happy. Yeah, let's uh, let's all do a little. Uh, not rain dance or <laughs> not lightning dance, I should say, this week because I don't think anybody wants to wait two and a half hours to play a football game again. Nope. So hopefully the lightning's gone as we enter week three of the Texas high school football season. Later in the podcast, we'll have Scott Clendenin, the voice of the College Station Cougars, join us to talk a little Cougar football ahead of their big game against Temple. Uh, but first, Jake, let's let's recap some action from the other local teams from last week. You know, had some serious delays, but lightning struck fast for the College Station schools, and unfortunately for the Bryan teams, they just weren't able to, to finish off uh, their games and get some key wins. Jake, we'll start with your game. You were at Bryan and Huntsville. Huntsville, of course, got the win over the Vikings 21-14 to uh, over at Bauer Stadium. Jake, what would you make of the Vikings' loss to the Hornets on Friday? Yeah, really, um, Huntsville was just able to run the ball kind of at ease um, right from the get-go. Uh, just really just ran kind of all over the defense. Uh, Brian, I give credit to Brian, uh, Malcolm Gooden, Tyson Turner. They all made some big plays, especially in that third quarter. Uh, it was 14-0 to going into halftime. Malcolm ran, I think, a 57-yard touchdown, and then... Uh, he had a t- passing touchdown to Tyson Turner. I think it was like an 11-yard one. Tie it up. Uh, but then again in the fourth quarter, the offense kind of stalled out a little bit, and Huntsville just kind of ran ran with ease, and they ended up punching it in to pick up the win. So I guess uh, really for me, biggest things were defense has got to get a little better with the run game. Uh, offense started off slow. Credit to them, they picked it up. But uh, I'm sure for them, they kind of want to play four quarters all the way through because really it was – they had one really good quarter in the third. Fourth quarter, they moved the ball a little bit, but couldn't find the end zone. So, yeah, I'd say those were two of the biggest things that I noticed that week last week. Well, now comes a pretty stiff road test for the Vikings. They're going on the road to play Burnham. By the way, Burnham's Ryland Wooten. He was our uh, player of the week, I believe, right? Yeah, he was. Yeah. He had uh, six touchdowns. Uh, he scored. He contributed on every uh, touchdown for them this week. They won 42-7, to and uh, he... I think he ran four in and he passed for two, so. Yeah, he had like almost 400 yards of offense, yeah. so, you know, Danny Young's team, they got it. They're starting to get things rolling over there in the in the pride land over in Brum, so uh, if you're going over there, get there early for uh, some Bluebell or something, but, uh, you know, Brian hoping to bounce back with a good win over the Burnham Cubs. Okay, AM Consolidated, they were... They were one of the teams, like others, that were affected by the lightning delay. But once it got started, it was it was pretty fast for for the Tigers. Um, led thirty five to zero at halftime. Will Hargit three touchdown passes, two to Wesley Watson, one to Peyton Bjork. Uh, Keyshawn Thomas two touchdowns on the ground. Carter Frank had a fifty yard kickoff return with less than a minute in the fourth quarter. Um, you know. Pretty, we, we probably expected the Tigers to win that game no. handedly. Uh, it sounded like they had a pretty sound performance against 
team from Mexico. They got a solid test this week against Lufkin. I know Lufkin's not state ranked, but Lufkin is always a really good team. And so, uh, Consol, they're going in their bye week next week, uh, just like College Station, bye week and then district starts. So this is this is a good game for the Tigers to close non-district play. Uh, Lufkin's 2-0. They beat Tyler Legacy yeah. and Nacogdoches. Some uh, good old East Texas football going over there. Jake, I think you got a feature coming this week on a Consol player. And uh, you're going to be over there at Tigerland Stadium this week, right? Yeah, I will be. Uh, I'll be going out tomorrow. Uh, we're still figuring out the time, but I'll be talking with uh, Mo Fichetti. He's a defensive back, senior defensive back. He's also the kicker as well. So uh, if you ever you know, are at a game at Tigerland Stadium, you might hear his name called twice. So it's not a – you might be a little confused at first. But, yeah, he's the kicker, and he's also DB. So you got two chances to hear his name called. Yeah, all-around playmaker for the Tigers. He's a guy that we mention – Pretty frequently yeah. on this show. He's pretty good for them. So be sure to check Jake's feature on Mo Fichetti and Friday's paper of the Eagle. Uh, the Rudder Rangers, I mean, they, they rallied hard but just couldn't couldn't come away with a win over Salado. They lost 38-28. to You know, Rudder much improved from, from week one yeah. in that pretty lopsided loss to Willis. Uh, just couldn't close it out. Tied it up at 28 in the fourth quarter. Uh, but Salado... Scoring on consecutive possessions to win the game. You know, you wrote about Xavier Ramirez last week, and uh, they really got that passing game going. And, and we know what kind of weapons they have on offense with guys like Jaquise Martin and Nate Figures and Kevin Holmes. Uh, it seems like that next step for this Rudder team to, to really get it rolling is just really, really holding it down on defense. That, that seems to be something that they're looking to really get going as well. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, yeah, like you mentioned, they've got playmakers on offense. Uh, Xavier, if you didn't read the feature, I'll just kind of hit some of the high points real quick. Uh, Xavier, you know, he sat behind EJ for two years, really got to learn behind him. So, you know, he's coach. Uh, Ezar talked to me a little bit about, hey, some of the things with Xavier are just kind of, hey, he's got such a strong arm. You just got to sometimes tell him to reel it in a little bit. Uh, not every pass has to be the home run. But, uh, yeah, I think the offense, I mean, like we saw last week, Offense looks good, just the defense has got to step up. But they are a young team, so I think as they go along, I feel like the defense will match the offense. Well, Rudder, they're back at home this week. They host Elgin. Elgin's kind of sneaky there at 2-0. They got a good win over Limpasas in week one. Came back with a, with a shutout win over Austin Atkins last week. I think it was a shutout. Might be, might be incorrect on that. You'll have to fact check me on it. But... <laughs> Jake, I think I think you're going to get a chance to talk with uh, Nate Figures this week. Is that right? Yeah, I am. Uh, like you said, another one of those offensive weapons. Excited to talk to him. I think he had uh, six or eight six or eight catches uh, touchdown last week. So excited to get to t- talk with him this week. Well, that's gonna that's gonna lead us into our next segment: three games to watch, and this might be one of the best games in the whole area this week and i'm talking about allen academy hosting st joe's friday night at baker field i mean if, if you like six-man football this this really is the game for you because i mean this was this was a thriller last season i got to go out there and watch it st joe's battled back won just a back and forth affair 48 44 um at over allen i mean it was it was a really good game you know allen last week they were competitive against Bastrop Tribe. That's a really good team. They beat St. Joe's week yeah. one. 
Um, and Ethan Lucas had a great game. Uh, Rusty Lyle McMurray and Kyle DuPont, I mean, they, they really got it going on offense. Uh, and so, you know, looking at the Rams, I mean, this is this was kind of the year they, they wanted to get back to, to that Allen standard that they had kind of built. And uh, they've, they've really got some pieces to do it. You know, St. Joe's last week rebounded with a pretty convincing win yeah. over Katie Faith West. You know, we, we talk about that great Allen offense, but they're going to have to stop Jackson Carey, who had a really good game last week. I think he had like seven sacks, 16 tackles. Yeah. I mean, this this is going to be a this going to be a pretty good game, I think, on Friday night. Oh, yeah. No, uh, rivalry game. I talked with uh, Coach Castileja before the season, and, you know, he said, hey, the last four years, we've split this series 2-2. Two, two. So, uh I don't want to say every this is a tiebreaker year because it's not like this is the last game or anything, but you know it's tied two two right now, so pretty even series. Yeah, you know I, I think Allen Academy is the favorite in this one according to six man football spreads, but hey, history shows anything can happen in this game when it's a rivalry game. I I definitely expect the stands to be packed, so uh, gonna be a good one over there. Be sure to catch that if if uh, you've got some free time on Friday night. All right, we've we've talked about Navasota the last two weeks, and I'm really I'm really starting to wonder like is is Navasota for real? Like I mean they're they're really coming on. I mean up to number seven in the four A Division one rankings this week. Uh, they're gonna have a really good test this week though, hosting Belleville. I mean if you know anything about Belleville, they're a rough tough football, and they're gonna make you earn a 48 minute win if you're gonna beat them. So definitely going to be a, a good game over there Friday night at Rattler Stadium. Jake, I, I think you caught up with Coach Dacus again after they beat Madisonville this week. Yeah, I did. And uh, pretty much all you said about Belleville, he, he pretty much reiterated. Tough matchup. Uh, but, you know, he also said, hey, when we made the schedule, that's what we want to do because it's going to help us once we hit district play and hopefully, you know, playoffs. So it's kind of he designed it that way. Uh, and, yeah, one of the guys he pointed out, too, uh, DeAndre Scott again, mm-hmm. had a big game. Uh, they won that game last week against Madisonville, 27-21 in overtime. And DeAndre Scott had three of the touchdowns, including the game winner. So, yeah, I just think, uh, man, I'm like you said, are they for real? I mean, they're just reeling off win after win. It's pretty impressive so far. I'm, I'm, I'm real impressed. Well, our last one, three games to watch. Snook going to Anderson Shiro on Friday night. We've got a Brazos Valley versus Brazos Valley matchup over in Grimes County. Uh, the Owls, you know, they bounce back with a win over Danbury, getting getting win number one on the board, and now they have their home opener against Snook. Snook, unfortunately, their game got canned in the middle of the first quarter last week against Brazos Christian due to all the storms and lightning. So, you know... Anderson Shiro, they're a team that missed the playoffs last year. They that that they're trying to get back there. Snook, they're trying to get it rolling. I mean, this is this is a good game for for both of them. It's a cross classification game. Anderson Shiro up at three A, Snook down in two A. I mean, a win a win for either team could could really go a long way, boosting some confidence uh, as as this season gets going. Yeah, and Anderson Shiro, they just moved up to three A. Is that right? They were in two A last year correct yeah maybe i can't remember okay yeah no i (laughs) point was i was just saying i think they're uh pretty evenly matched up uh because i think anderson shiro just moved up but yeah i can't remember for sure well that'll be a good game 
there over in Anderson, Texas. All right, that's going to do it for this segment of the podcast. Coming up next, we got a conversation with Scott Clendenin talking all things College Station Cougars. Welcome back, everyone, to the Brazos Sports Preps Cast. We're joined now by good friend of the show, Scott Clendenin, one of the voices of the College Station Cougars, alongside Tim Schnettler. Can't forget Tim, another good friend of the show. Scott, how are you today? Doing great. Excited for this week. Uh, the season had a big bounce back last weekend, exactly what the Cougars needed to do. And, you know, football, all three levels will be playing after this week, so you're after Labor Day, the fall starts going, and this is the perfect time of year. So excited, just uh, tired of delays, want to see games start on time and run in the normal amount of time that we're out there at the, at the field. Yeah, you know, of course the game delayed, what, just over two and a half hours on Friday? You yes. Know, what, was, what was the highlight of you waiting for the game to get started? Uh, <laughs> probably... <laughs> It would have been uh, Serena Williams winning her third round match, but uh, you know I was kind of watching that as as you know the delay went along. So I don't know about really a highlight, uh, <laughs> but you know it, it was kind of interesting because all the games in the Brazos Valley were kind of in the same situation. So it wasn't like I could normally click over and you know listen to one of the other games. So uh, really that was it, just just try to bear through it, and I didn't know it was going to set the stage for such a long Saturday as well. Yeah, you know, of course, once they actually got to play College Station, they, they made pretty quick work of Fort Worth. Nolan Catholic won 52-7. Uh, this one seemed like it was about finishing for the Cougars on both sides of the ball. When you talk about being able to sustain drives and, you know, get off the field on defense, um, Cougars forced five three and outs to start the game and then, you know, got ahead by five scores in that first half. What did you kind of make of that game against Nolan Catholic for the Cougars? Well, I thought that uh, Arrington Maiden had a really good game, um, you know, because he was able to finish. And I think that even though I don't know if it would have changed the outcome of week one against Lucas Lovejoy, uh, you know, there are three times that the Cougars had a chance to, to put points on the scoreboard that they didn't finish drives. And I think that that was a big emphasis for what the Cougars wanted to do this week. And then I also think that, you know, they took Nolan Catholic out of what they wanted to do pretty early. Defensive pressure, took away the rushing attack, made them one-dimensional. And that's, you know, if, if, if you know, Coach Locklear can ever script what he wants to do and have it go perfectly according to the script, that was it. After having 101 plays run against them uh, by Lucas Lovejoy to make them one-dimensional and force them to pass certainly set the stage for such a big margin and then it was kind of interesting that the second team gave a valiant effort trying to keep them off the scoreboard, right. gave it that late touchdown. And Scott, you kind of mentioned the offense there a little bit, uh, and you brought up the first game as well. It's kind of curious, now that things are kind of getting settled a little more, uh, you know, when you look at the running backs and receivers, especially on offense for College Station, kind of what do you think about them as they get more playing time? Well, I think that, you know, Trevino was a guy that knew the, knew the system, and, you know, even though he was going to be a compliment to an all-state, all-American type guy and, and, and Marquise Collins, he, he was very familiar with it. I think, uh, you know, what Aiden Martinez-Brown has done is come in during the summer, really a guy that was probably expecting to be, you know, JV, maybe called up at some point in time during the year for him to really 
uh, start to learn the offense and give them a compliment. I think that, uh, you know, even though they, they both have some speed to the outside and both are run hard between the tackles, he's going to break more tackles. He's just bigger. And I think that that right there, the combination, we saw some zone read this last week was a little bit different because Maiden wouldn't keep it himself. You know, he had, you know, six or seven carries of his own able to pick up some important yards. I think that when you get a quarterback that can balance that up, I think that that's one of the things that Jet Huff did last year was his willingness to run a little bit more and not be one-dimensional that he was going to drop back and only stay in the pocket all year long. I think that's a wrinkle that the Cougars will want to, you know, put out there enough on film that people and coaches across this district will have to prepare for. You know, College Station's defense, they, they, they certainly improved from week one to week two. Pretty salty unit on that side of the ball. What, what are you seeing from, from the Cougars on that side? Well, I think I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're holding something back. I, I haven't really seen a lot of even fronts up there. They've mostly been in, in a 34 look and, right. and had, you know, uh, Chance Johnson as a linebacker, not really in, a, in you know, where he's rushing a lot. Uh, they've been able to put some pressure on, especially last weekend they were able to pressure the quarterback. I think when it comes, you know, a little bit later on, when they really need to get a pass rush at Chance Johnson, probably a guy that's going to go back in closer to the, uh, you know, the front three there. And maybe if it's not, you know, him putting his hand on the ground, that's a guy that will get after your quarterback. So for them to have some success last week and, and really take, uh, you know, Nolan Catholic out of what they wanted to do, Without having to really show their whole hand, I think it's important because I think this week against Temple, you've got to be ready to go with everything you've got, just like when you get into a district play. And that perfectly leads up to my final question. I wanted to ask about that Temple game. What do you think kind of is the key here? What do you kind of think about this matchup? And what does College Station kind of need to do? this week to kind of get prepared for district play with the bye week coming up as well? Well, I think that Temple played a lot better last week than they did the first week against McKinney. That was a 17-10 game. What Temple did do in that game is they had four times they turned them over on downs. McKinney had some drives that they didn't get anything out of it. Last week against Willis, who really took apart Brian the week before, uh, I'm sorry, Rudder the week before, um, you know, they got Lagway out of the game early. And, you know, they were only trailing for like two minutes in the game, and that's all they've trailed all year long. And I think that's the big key is you've got to make them play a four-quarter four game like McKinney did. Maybe get on top of them early and, and you know, be able to control, control what they do. They've got a good quarterback in Rumfield. He's, he's thrown for, you know, good yardage already this year, 378 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, Brundage, who ran for about 45, 50 yards in game one, went for over 160 last week, but they haven't really scored with the rushing attack other than Rumfield getting one quarterback run in for a touchdown. They've mainly been doing it through the air. I think this is going to be a big test for the Cougars secondary. And everybody knows Temple's going to show up with some athletes. Uh, they've got guys that are already committed. Uh, York, their linebacker, is already committed to Baylor. Uh, their two-way guy at, uh, at uh, Mitchell at defensive back and wide receivers getting offers from all over the Big 12 and some of the SEC teams. This is a team that will show up with athletes a lot like what you saw from Lovejoy, and you've got to be ready to match their athleticism. You know, great measuring stick game for the Cougars. And if, if we know anything about College Station and Temple – They've had some really good battles in the last few years. They sure did. When it, you know, before Temple went back up to six A, you know, it was it was a really fun to to see those games played against each other, and I think that you know the Cougars 
After seeing Lovejoy, it's going to be hard to find teams that match their athleticism. Temple is one of those teams that, that can do that. They can line up three wide receivers out there that any of your defensive backs make a mistake, especially with Rumfeld at quarterback who you know, threw for 2,700 yards last year and few, touch, and few interceptions, he's going to find the guy that's open. And I think that'll be big that the Cougars you know, play good fundamental defense and, and don't have any breakdowns because we saw what happened against Lovejoy when he had breakdowns in the secondary. Got a quarterback that can throw it over the top, receivers that can run under the ball, that can lead to big, big problems against the defense. All right, well, Scott, before we let you go, where can fans tune in to catch the radio broadcast this Friday? At well, 7.30 p.m., by the way. 7.30 p.m., uh, Maverick 100.9 FM. Uh, we'll be on at 7 o'clock. And then you can find us, you know, on RadioAggieland.com, all over the social media. We'll have the links up there. Uh, College Station Cougar social media will have links as well. But come on out. When you're playing Temple, you know you're going to have a, a good game. And this is really... You know, like we talked about after Lucas Lovejoy, if they can show improvement and get to Temple and have a victory there, then that's kind of erase that game one problem. That's what they're looking to do this week. All right, well, Scott, thanks for joining us. That's going to do it for this week's episode of the Brazos Sports Prepscast. Be sure to like and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Be sure to check Doodle.com for all of our coverage of Brazos Valley football here this week. We'll see you next week.